Swung on and lined to deep left field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Aaron Judge hit a line drive. Home run to left. A Judgean blast. All rise. Here comes the Judge. Another judgment day. Four unanswered points. Tough game here. And here is RG3. He's going to run for the first down. And still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. World champion. Three cities, three opinions, bringing you everything D.C., New York, Philadelphia. Trilogy Sports Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Trilogy Sports Podcast. My name is Nick, alongside Matt and Shuey. Uh, I just want to say ahead of time, if my voice cracks, I did already go through puberty, but my voice is struggling due to these last couple nights. So uh, if my voice cracks, just to let you know. But Shuey, how are you doing? Man, I feel good, bro. Are you, are you confident? To, my, national, my nationals look good. My Mystics won. I mean, I can't complain, man. The Redskins finally got a victory against is, the is Dolphins. Is D.C. now I mean, a city of champions? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't want to say it, but it's looking like I, I think the right next now. the next step would get... be to remove RG three uh, scoring a touchdown from the opening of our uh, theme song. Well, that just goes to show that how bad the Redskins are is that we can't change it until we have something positive to change it to. That's basically what it is. But I mean, we're doing better than the Philadelphia. Yeah, Matt, Matt how, how are you hanging in there during this uh, baseball postseason? Baseball still going on. <laughs> No, I mean, look, man, I'm a baseball purist. I'm enjoying the games. We've had some really, really good games last night. Another example, I mean, if you get free playoff baseball in the extra innings, I mean, as a baseball guy, I'm enjoying it. You get good series. Uh, I'm a little disappointed the cards are in it. I think the Nats are kind of going to walk away with that. Uh, It could have been a better matchup, but the Yankees-Astros series has turned into a real good. This might be one of these all-time game seven extra a big series here. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, nervous yet excited about this series. Uh, Shuey did his best trash talking last night to me. Wanted to text and chirp to me once the game ended, and I was very you know in the moment I was very upset. So I basically told him to shut the fuck up. But he what I did what I did also <laughs> tell him is that I did not expect the Yankees to. The Astros are a very good baseball team, unlike the team the Nationals are playing. The Astros are arguably the best team in baseball their rotation is um, oh here we ro- go is this is this anything new the Ast- i'm praising the astros before the astros but, are a great baseball all of now but all of a sudden you're telling me the astros are the best team in baseball blah 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 before you said before you said it was the yankees then i remember i thought you said before it was the dodgers before the postseason started no, no, no. so i mean now it just seems like you you flip flopping. No, 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 no. All season I've been saying the Yankees and the Astros are the two best teams. And I've said I've said this all along that the ALCS will be the World Series. This right here is the World Series, and the winner will get to just beat whoever wins the National League series. That's basically what they're playing for right now. Um, but anyway, I, I the Astros are a great team, like I said. Last night's game, if you tell me a game where Justin Verlander pitches or same thing tomorrow night, tomorrow when uh, Garrett Cole pitches. If you're telling me it's going to be a 2-2 game in the eighth inning with Verlander out of the game, I'm going to say I love my chances. The problem is that the Yankees kind of ran through their high-leverage guys and were left with Jonathan Loisica and Jay Happ in the later innings. The Yankees did not hit. I didn't even know how to say that guy's last name. I don't want to cut you off, but. I thought his last name was Lasagna. So, John, well, that's what Johnny Lasagna. That's what uh, people call him. But, <laughs> so, I mean, once like the longer that game kept going, I, I, I figured, you know, they're going to lose this game because 
we're bringing in Loisica, we're bringing in ha- Sabathia, the charity case. I love Sabathia, but this is nothing more than a charity case at this point that he's pitching. He looks like he's gained 70 pounds in the last two months. But is that, uh, I mean, you're really saying you're depleted, your bullpen, you guys ran through it. So, But your bullpen is significantly better than the Astros' bullpen. It, so it to go into right. the eighth inning. But not the inning, back end, though. But still, to go into your eighth inning with it being a bullpen game, that's a game. I mean, obviously winning two games on the road is tough in any series, let alone a championship series against a team as good as the Astros with their bats. But when you get into their bullpen in the eighth inning in a tied game, like you said, that's an ideal situation. Like that's the situation you guys need to set up to win. You won 5-0 the first game. That's not going to happen the rest of this series. You guys are it's going to be that nitty-gritty – Seventh through ninth innings really going to decide these because even if the Astros come back early next game, they put up four or five runs in the Bronx and Garrett Cole shuts it down. If he doesn't go a full game, you have to feel like you guys can score in the eighth, ninth inning off that bullpen that they have. So for you guys not to do that last game, it doesn't bode well. I mean, it doesn't look good when you have the opportunity to go too well. I mean, you guys had a really good opportunity. You, you're two zero coming back to the Bronx. You feel like you have the series at that point. Oh yeah, right? and, and and that's the thing. Like, I, I, if you told me the beginning of the series, the Yankees would split in Houston. Sure, sign me up for that. But the way things played out, I agree. The Yankees should have. They had the opportunity to win that game last night. Now you have Garrett Cole pitching Game Three. Garrett Cole hasn't lost a game since May, so you could very be very well be looking at a two one deficit now. So I agree. You want to take advantage of that. What I was saying before though is the Yankees, the 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 main guys in their bullpen are. Like I said, our strength, that's our, our the best bullpen in baseball, our, our top five guys. But then once you get to that back end, and I don't know why Sess is on the, on the roster and Tyler Lyons, when the Astros only have two left-handed hitters in their lineup, why is Tyler Lyons on the, on the roster rather than Tyler Wade, who could have pitched ran later in the game last night? But my main thing is, so Britain pitched one inning. I would have liked to see Britain come back out for the ninth, but then they brought Chapman out for the ninth. Chapman would have pitched the tenth as well. But he, he threw 25 pitches in the ninth. A lot of them were high leverage, high stress. He was hitting 101 on the gun. So I agree with not bringing him back out. But I knew once once you got the, those the five main guys, once you went through them, it was the Yankees better score now or, or they're going to lose this game. And that's exactly what happened. Well, I think personally, because like you said, the Astros – for the majority of the season, it's looked like they've been the best team in the league. And I just feel like there's no – I just couldn't see the Yankees winning both games on the road. Like, it just – it didn't seem like it was – it could happen because I kind of think this is going seven games, to be honest with you, just because both teams are very tough, rugged. They can score in bunches, but and they both have good pitching. So, I mean, I, I honestly think this is going to seven, unlike the others. Yeah, I mean, I, so. I totally agree. And and I, I got to just give a shout-out. Masahiro Tanaka, I've said it all along. It does not matter what he does in the regular season. For some reason, in the postseason, this guy just locks in and elevates his game to another level. A tremendous performance. He only threw 68 pitches, six shutout innings, uh, faced the minimum because of a double play. He only gave up one hit. Tanaka was phenomenal. Uh, I mean, honestly, if you look at it, the Yankees have only given up three runs to Houston in two games in in, in Houston. I mean, that that's that's tremendous pitching. The Yankees' pitching has been very good. The pitching's not been the reason we didn't win. Uh, you know, last night it's tough facing Justin Verlander, but you get the two runs off Verlander, you extend the game. You got to get to that bullpen. You just got to. They got to get some better quality at bats, and that will bring me in my next thing. And Matt, I know you're gonna have a lot to say about this, John Carlos Stanton. <laughs> I've defended this guy. I continue to defend him. I mean, he played the other night. He had an opposite field line drive home run that few men can hit. But again, he missed the game last night. Quadricep injury. He's apparently hitting in the cage today. If you are able to play, if you are not, if you are literally, if you're, there goes my voice. If you are able to walk, you better be in that lineup. It's the ALCS. It's not a game in May. Man the fuck up. You need to play. We're paying you $300 million to hit in these big spots. You need to be in that lineup. If he's hurt, if he truly is hurt, then 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 he has to be taken off the roster. Luke Voigt will be in. And if that's the case, then he's not eligible for the World Series if the Yankees make it. I Another thing is, and you guys can comment one second. Another thing I think is, 
possibly, if Stanton was able to play last night and was only able to play DH, maybe Boone wa- rather wanted Encarnacion in there at DH than Stanton. But moving forward, Stanton, if he's able to play, he he has to be in the lineup tomorrow. There's no more excuses. So, uh, an unemotional I mean, opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, play. so, but that's, are, is he injured or is he hurt? Because there's a big there's, difference. There's a big difference between I'm hurting and I'm injured. And like you said, it goes back to being the, if they didn't want to play him in the field and he had to be a DH. But there were plenty of opportunities for him to pinch hit last yep. night, and he yep. didn't come in to do it. And Encarnacion has sucked for you guys during the playoffs. I think he's well, batting no, under he 200, was good right? The twins. He was good so against I, the I, I think his batting average is under 200 for this playoffs. Now, now so you have a guy who hits a home run the night before. A big home run, by the way. I mean, it was a close game at that point. He really blew the game open. So you have a guy that – he just hits an opposite field home run. You're paying him, like you said, all this money to produce in big situations. Who, by the way, didn't have a good postseason the last time he was in it. Only played I mean, eleven games this year. Yeah, I mean, this is his chance to really come in and be a hero. So he, you have to imagine he's hurt, hurt, right? Like he's injured or he's playing in that game. I really think the Yankees are babying him, hoping that hey, we can have him for the World Series. But at this point, you need to win these games. This isn't a, oh, we can leave him on our roster. We won't put him on the IR. I mean, these are you win or you go home here. So how do you not have a guy, like you said, like a Luke Voigt or I don't care who you – somebody who can pinch run in Tyler that situation? Wade. Tyler Wade got left off the roster and so is Luke Voigt. It's hard to play with 24 men on your roster, but, I, but at the same time you don't want to overreact because if you take Stan off the roster, he's not eligible for the World Series. I mean, again, he can't play in the World Series, but you have got – I mean – Clint Frazier, a guy who could have been added on, he, he can steal bases for you. He can make something happen. He's a liability in the field, but you're not starting him. That's a guy coming off the bench. I don't mind putting in in the 10th inning with Encarnacion struggling or somebody you want a good matchup. You get him in there. Or Encarnacion was standing on second base last night. That guy's not fucking scoring unless the ball's in the park or in an alley, right? But we had no one left on our bench. All we had was well, Stanton that's, and, and That's exactly what I'm saying. So you're wasting a spot on Stanton. Imagine a Clint Frazier at second base. He could score on a hit. But Encarnacion, that, that guy's not scoring from second base unless it's a deep ball in an alley somewhere. He's not scoring on an in, or a single to the left field. The rest of the lineup has to get going. It feels like one through three, LeMahieu, Judge, and Torres are locked in. They're, every time they're up, it seems like we have a rally going. And the rest of the lineup is really struggling. Gary Sanchez needs to freaking get it going. I, I will say his last at-bat last night, he fouled off some some pitches straight back right on the fastball. I, I think he's he's going to start hitting. I really, truly believe that. Some people Are, are you saying, ready to say he's not the best catcher in baseball? No, I'm not ready to say that yet. He's had a couple bad Stop. games. But okay. um, <laughs> actually, this is just checking out. Stan could start game three. Hicks will most likely start in center field. So you'd have Hicks in center, Gardner in left, and then you want to decide if you're going to have Stanton at, at, um, at DH. You could either put Encarnacion at, thir- uh, Encarnacion at first and slide LeMayu over to third, and then Gio wouldn't play, or you just bench Encarnacion. That's probably, that's probably what I would do at this point because Gio is actually hitting pretty well, and his defense is just you know all world, and you can't take him out of there. It's crazy listening to you talk because from everything that you just said, it sounds like the Yankees are down 0-2 rather than tied 1-1. I mean, it's just like you just said, like you're just complaining about everything. And I'm like, the team is playing pretty good. You guys had to go to, what, 11 innings yesterday? So give them a break. Like, (laughs) I can understand if you guys were down 0-2, but you're going home. It's tied series. Come on now. It's not as bad as you're making. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. And I like, like, I mean, I'm, I'm getting worked up. I have a lot of expectations for this team, obviously. And obviously the Astros are a very good team. My, my, my big concern is, and I, I totally agreed with Boone pulling the plug on Paxton early. He did not have it, especially with Bregman coming to the plate. It was the right move to bring in green and green was lights out. Green's been our best reliever the last month, but I'm a little worried that as the series goes on, Someone's going to have to give us some length as a starting pitcher because game four is going to be a bullpen game. You can't keep sending these guys out there day after day after day, especially tomorrow or not tomorrow, Wednesday. There's a lot of rain in the forecast. So if there's a rain out Wednesday, you would play four straight games, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. 
to use all your relievers four days in a row, that is asking a lot. But th- that's – I'll stop being negative. Let me I think that bodes better for the Astros if that 100%, happens 100%. 100% because 100%. Verlander can go deep. Garrett Cole can yep. go deep. Granky pitched like shit the last game. But I'm not worried about him. Yeah, but you're going to get him one more time, and he's one of those guys he could have a phenomenal game and go seven, eight innings. All Their top three guys can all go seven, eight innings, and that leaves you where you don't have to see that fourth guy. They can finish the, se- the whole series with you with just those three if that's the case. Tomorrow will be Cole Severino. Uh, game four will be a bullpen game. Game five would be Granky in the Bronx against uh, Tanaka. The crowd is going to eat Granky alive. Then game six would be Verlander. Game seven would be Cole. That's why I, I don't want it to go to a game seven. I mean, anything can happen in the game seven. But uh, one thing I will say is Garrett Cole is a human being. He's due for a bad start. He hasn't is lost he? a game since May. He's due for a bad start. It's that's desperate. You're grasping at straws here. You're hoping but, for anything right now. Well, all yeah. I'll say is tomorrow I'm hoping for the same script as last night. Go work the count. Get him, get his pitch count up. Get him out of there by the seventh inning. Have it be a close game, and then try to get into that bullpen. That's all you can hope for. Overall, satisfied with how the Yankees have played this postseason. I'd like to see some of the guys in the middle of the lineup get it going. Labor Torres and Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge, I I can't say enough. Not only at the plate, but what where Aaron Judge really is underrated is defensively. He is he is a game changer. How tall he is, and then his arm out there. He, he's already made so many great plays in this postseason. Can't say enough. And LeMay, you at the top of the lineup, setting the table. So overall, 1-1. I'm at home. They have a huge home field advantage. I'm pissed off that the game is starting at 4 o'clock tomorrow. It's absolute bullshit because you know there's going to be major traffic on the Deegan and the Cross Bronx. So there's probably going to be a couple empty seats at the beginning of the game there. Why the Nationals and Cardinals have to be in prime time is beyond me. Astros, Yankees, every they deserve one. Time. Why? Come no, on, that's man. not fair. Nice for you to say that. Like that's so stupid. Why shouldn't the NLCS get a prime time game too? <laughs> they have one tonight. It's because no one else is on. Like <laughs> you guys have had prime time. You've had one non prime time game this entire postseason. All right. Well, this will be our last, but. Another uh, quick thing about that is tomorrow in the afternoon with that game, the, the shadows that creep between the pitcher's mound and home plate where the pitcher is throwing from the sun into the shadow. So it's hard to pick up the baseball. Severino and Garrett Cole, you know, they are two of the tough. They have some of the best stuff in baseball, especially Cole, obviously. It's going to be tough early on for the hitters. Um, like most games here in the playoffs, I, I pound the under. But um, – any final thoughts on the Yankees? Uh, you, what you guys think? What, what's your predictions, I guess, moving forward? How do you see the series uh, playing out? I think it was good for you guys to split, uh, but I think this game, game three, is going to decide the series for me. If you guys get to Cole and you get him out early and you guys take and keep home field advantage here by winning, I think the Yankees close it out. Uh, but if you give the Astros a 2 1 lead, it's tough to win three. Absolutely. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's just tough to get three out of five for a moment at that point. Um, like Shui said earlier, it, I think this is one of those easy, could be a seven-game series. Uh, but I think game three is a big swing game here. My mindset is that this is now a best-of-five series, which it is, and we have home field advantage. So basically protect home field, win two out of three, and it will be deja vu of 2017 all over again, going back to Houston and the ALCS up 3-2. I... <laughs> As great as the Yankees play at home, it's it's a lot to ask to win all three games at home. But if the Yankees can somehow win the game tomorrow, I actually believe we can close this out at home. Tomorrow is going to be the game in my gut. If you put a gun to my head right now, I would say the Astros are going to win tomorrow and the Yankees will win the next two. Tomorrow is going to be the telling game. Like you said, I actually think there's more pressure on Houston tomorrow than the Yankees just knowing – that the next day is the bullpen game. Then the Yankees have Tanaka. Cole, the, the Astros need Garrett Cole uh, to win that game tomorrow for them. And like I said. I, I also hate seven. the Astros. I cannot stand them. I want to punch Alex Bregman in the face. Carlos Correa is a fucking annoying piece of shit. 
I hate the Astros. I cannot stand them. I cannot stand their fans. Fuck Houston. What is Houston? They weren't even a good team like eight years ago. They're finally good. Let them have something. <laughs> they were so bad, they made them switch leagues. They should have stayed in the National League. If they would have stayed in the National League, we would have cakewalked to the uh, World They League. were so bad, they switched leagues. Like <laughs> Speaking of switching leagues, let's talk a little bit more about the NLCS, Nationals, Cardinals, Nationals lead 2 nothing. We're recording this uh, just about an hour or two before. Um, game three. So by the time you guys listen to this tomorrow, um, the game three will have already happened. But Nationals lead 2-0. The Cardinals have four hits total in the first two games. Annabelle Sanchez had a no-hitter into the eighth inning. Max Scherzer had a no-hitter into the sixth inning. Shuey, the Nationals pitching has been dominant, shutting down the Cardinals offense so far. Can you say that again one time for the people in the back? The, Nationals uh, pitching has shut down the Cardinals' offense, and now you have Strasburg on the mound tonight. Hmm. 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 Gentlemen, I think I owe Dave Martinez an apology. I and I didn't want to apologize until this series was over, but earlier in the season, when I was calling for his job, when I said that he was garbage, that he didn't know what he was doing, that he needed to go. I I don't know what to say. I'm sorry because right now we're two games away from the World Series. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, the pitching's incredible. Uh these guys are hit the way we're just hitting is incredible too. I mean, granted the Cardinals really aren't doing shit. I mean, it's kind of remarkable how bad they are offensively. But I mean, this is just it's incredible. Juan Soto can we give him a round of applause? And Bryce Harper, who? Because we don't need him, clearly. And can we take a step back? Like, your team like is Philly. two games away from going to the World Series, and you're crying about Bryce Harper still. You can't lose a top five player in baseball, arguably top five player, and think that, oh, yeah, the next year we're going to go to the World Series. And, I mean, realistically, I thought we were going to be shit. I mean, for a large part of the season, in the beginning we were. But when you lose someone like Bryce Harper, everyone's like, oh, the Nationals aren't going to be very good, blah, blah, blah. And you come out and do what we're doing now, going this deep into the playoffs, you got to give the team some credit. So when you say, oh, we're always talking about Bryce Harper, it's just incredible when you lose a great player and you're able to act like he was never there, to be honest. And I agree what they've done is ridiculous, especially losing somebody like Harper. But people are like, oh, they're only winning because Harper left. No. Harper, like. First, let's first off, like to take this step back. It's the Nationals' fault that Bryce Harper left. The of deal course. they offered him was so backload. Like he was going to be getting payments to like twenty fifty six. The way they had that deal structured, it was a horrible contract. Right, right. So the money was good, but the deal was just bad. I mean, and that's on your ownership. Which Anthony Rendon hasn't signed his deal because they're also offering him a, kind of a shitty contract. They better pay him. They better pay so, him. We'll get there. They're going to probably, at this point, they're not even talking contracts. It's let's try and win the World Series and then go. Exactly. But you've had players. Juan Soto has developed this year. I mean, he's he's, looking like a superstar. He isn't having the greatest postseason, but he's having a really good one. Yeah, he's been good. Yeah, he's getting his hits when he needs to, but he leads the team in strikeouts. He has a pretty low batting average. He's not getting on base but he's driving in runs when he's having opportunities. And that's what happens in the playoffs. If you drive in runs when you have the chance, you win games. If no one's on base and you strike out, nobody remembers, right? right. But you remember the guy that hits a home run in the eighth inning. And that's Juan Soto and Anthony Rendon is still just doing the damn thing. I mean, and that, he's that got to be a top five player in baseball, right? And You would think so. And then also, I guess when you lose a player like that, it allows other players to step up and fill that void which obviously Rendon is doing, Soto is doing at times. And you and guys had a, a good young guy in Robles come up last year that was right. developing, and he's had a, a good first, like, full I'm starting every day year. Like, Robles is a good quality player. He's not a star. But then he got hurt, and now, now Michael Taylor's playing. And Michael Taylor, besides misplaying that ball the other day, he's actually he's playing well. He hit, hit a home yeah. run. He hit a home run. I mean, he's been good. Uh, Trey Turner came back and got healthy this year. That was huge for you yeah. guys because he missed a good chunk of the season. How he Adam Eaton, obviously with the grand. Eaton's had a very good two games as well, and also like you said, 
Kendrick, he's played very well too. I mean, last game, not as much, but the first game, yeah. Like everyone is playing, doing their role from pitching to hitting all, they were all hitting every single bulletin point. The only thing well, is obviously, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, the Nationals offense hasn't been asked to do too much. They've, they've had the clutch late inning heroic comebacks, but it's really been their pitching that's kept them in these games. And it's been, especially in this series, just lights out. And we all know the Nationals won Achilles heel has, has been their bullpen. Well, the way that Davey Martinez has managed this is that we really haven't had to, the Nationals really haven't had to rely much on many people in that bullpen. They haven't had to go deep into that bullpen. The starters have gone deep into games. And then you've really had to only rely on your two reliable relief pitchers uh, in Doolittle and Hudson. So, I mean, with, the, with those two, that's all you really had to go. So, and then, and then, I mean, you have, you've had Patrick Corbin who had a disastrous appearance out of the bullpen, but they've had starters come out of the bullpen. So hiding those middle relievers, which is the Nationals Achilles heel is, has been a, a big part of their success. And that's why I have to give credit to where credit is due. I mean, I can't bash a guy during the regular season. And then when it comes postseason time, when he actually does his job and manages the hell out of these games, I got to give him, give him his credit. So, I mean, like tonight, Strasburg, like you said, he's on the mound. I think he could give us a good seven or eight solid innings. And I think this is another game we can take away. And I feel like if we win tonight, the series is over. All right, 3-0. 3-0. 3-0. You have to feel like you bury him. But that is the Achilles heel is you need guys like Strasburg give you seven innings with your bullpen. I mean, you went out, you get a Hunter Strickland. It hasn't really panned out for you too well, right? Sean Doolittle's been almost a disaster. Fernando Rodney is not as good as he used to be. But Doolittle's you, played well. well Doolittle's been all right. And, and Daniel right. Hudson, despite having a yeah. kid, has been – he's been reliable. <laughs> despite having a kid. He's there, but you can't – those aren't guys you want to rely on, right? Like, if you're facing an Astros or a Yankee, game seven of the World Series, ninth inning, one-run lead, do you feel comfortable with any of your guys on there right now? But at the same time, no. At the same time, you got to get there first. Yeah, no, I'm saying if you get there, but you guys don't have a true closer, like a lights out. Like when the Phillies won their World Series in 2008, you had a Brad Lidge. Like that guy, you, he came on, you felt this guy's close now. The Yankees have had Mariano Rivera. Now they have Chapman. That's the one Achilles heel for the Nationals where if you guys can go out this offseason – Keep your same team. Get another batter too, because Howie Kendrick's going to be a million years old. And you get a closer. This national team, you lock everybody back up. This is a contender for years if now. The, if, but... the, if the years of Game Seven, though, Scherzer would be closing that game. And and to your point, you just made the Nationals could be very good for a long time. The Braves have a very good young team. The Mets have yep. a very good young team. The Phillies, if they could add some pitching, the NL East is going to be very good for a long time. Yeah. Um, I agree. Uh, just one quick point about the Cardinals because we're—I mean—we're kind of overlooking them. I mean, they suck. The, the, but, <laughs> I mean, we don't have but, to overlook momen- them. Momentum they... is only as good as your next day starting pitcher. The Cardinals have their ace on the mound, Jack Flaherty. There's no one they'd rather have on the mound tonight than Flaherty. He needs to go out there and put up some zeros. But the bottom line is the offense has got. They can't hit something. They've got to do something. look. I mean, their lineup is just. I don't get how. I, I still don't understand how they got past the Braves. I, I mean, I know they put up that 10 spot in the first inning. The Braves are a better team than the Cardinals. They shouldn't have been in game five with the Braves, right? I mean, it shouldn't have even got that far. The Braves are a way superior team. The Cardinals pitchers have pitched well in those games when they needed to. They to were get very there, good bullpen. Their offense is subpar. It's not good. The only reason they won their division is because Christian Yellick got hurt or the Brewers run away with that division. They still only finished two games down and got a wild card mm-hmm. spot. I mean, the Brewers win that game. I don't think St. Louis is anywhere near where they are. I think they got very lucky against the Braves. The Nats are showing what team they are. And, you know, Shuey might be hitting a parade after the Mystics next Come on, week. Man. Come <laughs> on, man. Speak on it. Nah, yeah, again, they don't have a parade. You guys are going to have a very tough AL. Yeah, it's going to be very tough. Hey, we got to get there first. That's all I'm saying. I don't, I don't want this matchup, but obviously a – Houston Nationals World Series, the pitching matchups would be phenomenal. Um, but I, I, I'm actually hope. I mean, obviously, I'm hoping for it. Yankees Nationals. I'm 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 hitting up DC. I'm just letting you know if if there's a Yankees <laughs> Nationals World Series, we're hitting up DC for a game. That that's actually happening. Um, Almost definitely. Uh, I mean, there's a long way to go, especially on our end. 
So don't want to get too excited, too ahead of ourselves. Chewy, are you uh, – I'm, I'm, I'm thinking you're wrapping this up. You guys are wrapping this up within the next five games. You're not going back to St. Louis. You're either maybe going to lose one game at home you're, or you're sweeping. That's what you're thinking right now. Exactly. I mean, like I said, I, I mean, me personally, I don't think we're sweeping them, but I think this game's this, – uh, this series is over in Washington. Uh, if Strasburg beats Flaherty tonight, oh, it's yeah. over. They're sweeping. They're so broken. They're going to be so unmotivated. Your best pitcher just lost. You're on the road, down three games. You lose tonight, they're sweeping. Oh, most definitely. Tonight is certainly a must-win for the Cardinals. Um, look forward to speaking about that. Let's quickly transition into some football as we'll uh, look to wrap up this episode. We have some breaking football news, actually. Let's hear it. I didn't actually see it yet. <laughs> The Eagles have released linebacker Zach Brown after. Are you serious? So, yeah, so Zach Brown made headlines this week talking shit on Kirk Cousins saying, you know, he's the weakest spot of their team. If we can keep the ball in Kirk's hands and make him not be able to run the ball and Kirk has to pass, we're going to win this game. No problem. And if you guys watched the game on Sunday, you saw the Eagles secondary got cooked, burnt toast, roasted, fire breathing. They were bad. It was Miserable to watch. I, Rasul Douglas got burned every play. Sidney Jones seems to be a wasted second-round pick at this point. I never thought I'd be praying to see the day when Jalen Mills is healthy and back on the field. I, this secondary is garbage. And it's not even that the players are talentless and bad. I mean, some of them are very talentless and bad. But the blown coverages. I, Rasul Douglas gets burnt deep twice, and he's just hands up looking for safety to come over. The corners are playing zone. The safeties are playing a man blitz. It, it's miserable. They're not even running the same place sometimes. They're confused. I don't know what Doug Schwartz does during the week. But, yeah, Zach Brown got cut today after all that trash talk. Well, that just goes to, that, that just goes to tell you how bad the Eagles secondary is. You make Kirk Cousins look phenomenal. You look great. I know, man. <laughs> and Stephon, he looked good. That third round fan Here's the problem, though, is that third round pick. He has Stephon a talent around him. He should be this good. Yeah, he should be this good. Like, if you put that receiving core and Dalvin Cook on 85 to 90% of the teams in this league, that's a championship-caliber team, right? I mean, that offense is stacked. Oh, yeah. But Kirk Cousins hasn't played well all year. And he's had great games last year. I mean, let's not take away. Kirk Cousins has had his flash-in-the-pan moments. There's a reason he got that contract. But he most of the time recently he's sucked, and the Eagles just made him look like a fucking perennial pro bowler. Yeah, I mean, he looked great. The, 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 the secondary, as you said, was just atrocious. They got to do something. I don't know. Jalen Ramsey's not getting traded. Maybe Patrick Peterson. Uh, I mean, they, there's they guys out there. They got uh, to do something. Not, not, you have Calvin Harris not, from Denver that should be traded. They're a bad team. But again, it shouldn't come down to trade. And it's not just at the players. It's Doug Schwartz's defense is fucking. He doesn't pitiful. adjust. Their schemes are bad. They don't adjust. He doesn't blitz. He rushes the same four. Our defensive line has guys out hurt. We've been missing Tim Jernigan all year. We have like three other guys out. You would think that at some point you bring pressure. We last before last game where we sacked the Jets eleven times, we were, had two sacks the entire fucking year. With the front line we have, you would think they would have more, but we don't bring enough pressure. The secondary, no matter how good the guys are, because they're not good, but when you give a quarterback that much time to throw, no matter what, someone's going to be open, and that's what happens a lot. Luke Falk sacks don't count. <laughs> He's not an NFL quarterback. That doesn't count. There was one play; it was the overhead of touchdowns and on the other side of the field i don't know if it was Thielen or he was also wide open he was also like it was a tight end within 10 yards it was literally pick your choice who do you want to throw that's the one i'm talking about where the corners were playing a zone a man zone or zone up front and the safeties were playing man coverage up front and the backs were playing a zone so he sat into the zone at first and then saw the guy blow by him and saw no one behind him that's just bad coaching like there's a no way that both your corners thought it was one play and both your safeties thought it was another play, leaving that huddle. It, it, That's just – It was ugly. I could understand one player misconfusing a play, but for both units, to, it's just – that's bad. That's not good. Let's talk real quick about the <laughs> Jets and the Cowboys. The Jets win their first game of the season. Sam Darnold is back. He played very well. 
Robbie Anderson had a big touchdown. The Jets made it interesting at the end. The referees made it interesting at the end. My God, what was that, six or seven flags in a row? I mean, they tried <laughs> everything in their power to have the Cowboys win that game. They mm. wanted – I mean, there's no way you call pass interference on all six plays in a row. Come I on do. Now. I do think the last play – the. The last play where they threw the ball to Jay on the uh, two point conversion, I actually thought that was pass interference. That actually might have been, but yeah. also Jamal Adams was all over Dak Prescott. He had no time. Right. So I mean, I the Cowboys obviously I'm pissed more because they I messed up my parlay. Did. Yeah. <laughs> like like they were the last team in my parlay, and I didn't hedge where I should have taken the Jets money line, which was, I think, like 240 or some crazy number like that. Because who would think the Jets are going to win a football game? Exactly. So, I'm mad at myself for not hedging, but I'm very, very mad at the Cowboys. I mean, that's supposed to be your, like, gimme game. Like, the Jets, just because they got Sam Darnold back, that doesn't mean anything to me. I mean, clearly, they look a lot different when he's playing than they have with these other scrub backups that that filled in for him. So, I mean, it just... I was so mad. I mean, Amari Cooper going down, obviously. Yeah, that hurt. That would hurt any any team when you lose your best receiver and then you're throwing to, like, guys like Gallup and uh, the Tavon Austin and just a bunch of other scrubs. I mean, Zeke Elliott was trying, but, I mean, clearly, Dak Prescott, I don't know, man. It just I don't think he's going to get paid the money that he wants. For, uh, I. But is he worth – like, we keep saying the market dictates that the quarterbacks are going to get paid and stuff, but – of course he's not it, worth it. Look at their record. This, like, Dallas had three very easy games to start the year, and I think we very overrated them. I thought they were really good, and then they've played three decent to good teams, and they've two. lost all three games. Three I mean, okay, two – so and the Jets, sorry. Yeah. So, I mean, but still – so you lose those games. It's tough to gauge who Dallas is, let alone who Dak is at this point, right? So he has no right to ask for 35 to $40 million. When you can't really, who is he? Because in games without Zeke, in games like you said, there's no Amari Cooper, so Dak gets a pass, or his no, left I'm tackle's not, out, he gets a not to give him a pass, but I'm saying pass. it's where like, people, everyone, oh, it's not his fault. We lost this game. This guy's missing, or that. It's I'm not. I'm he's not, your I'm not franchise giving, quarterback. He should beat a team like the Jets with anybody on that field. Exactly, right? but I'm not. I'm not giving him a pass. I'm just saying that. Losing your best receiver, it's not going to help. It hurts you, obviously, but at the same time, it's the Jets. Like, is, they're, yeah, they're, exactly. Is Jason Jets. Garrett is Jason Garrett ever going to get any blame, or is he, he just going to? The, the question is, the is he forever? ever going to get fired? Like, never. He will never will. He never will. Did you guys hear Tony Romo make fun of him on air? What with yeah. his play calling? He was just like, man, this uh, play calling has well, Jason fourth, Garrett stamp all over it. Because, because, that but look, they two. brought in. This new offensive coordinator is supposed to be calling all the plays, right? That's what we heard is the first three games, this new offensive coordinator was fantastic. He's doing so much different Ooh, stuff. Kellen and then the Moore? last three – yeah, and now the last three games they're losing, and it's, oh, Jason Garrett's been calling the plays. Man, I, love, I, love, I love the players walking to the sidelines and, and uh, high-fiving him. him. <laughs> Completely ignoring him. Also, speaking of bad plays, I, I want to just real quick go back. I can't believe we overlooked talking in the Eagles game about the fake. Um, yeah, I don't, shut I don't up. know what that's. So, that's Doug Peterson trying to reinvent the wheel. Exactly. Well, he wants football. to play football. If you're going to go for it there, leave your quarterback on the field. Let him make yes. Give Carson the ball. And the Eagles have done shady, dumb shit like this all year. Like, well, that's one of those things where. Is, is the, definition of that. But that's, but that's worked. that worked, right? So you're like, oh, it's great. But Doug does dumb. Like, it'll be third and two, and we'll do a halfback pitch to right. Take away half the field, and you start your running back five yards behind the line. I mean, that's an idiotic play. But Doug Peterson thinks it'll work. Like, he does uncharacteristic football plays. It was like, like fourth, oh, I'm going to catch them off guard. It was like but, like, fourth, that's not a situation. It was like fourth and 15 at their own 30, like, in the third quarter, and they went for it. Like, what do you – Yeah. Come no, on. that was in the fourth quarter they went Wasn't, for that. It was okay, six okay. minutes to go. Six minutes okay, to go before. Okay. But regardless – Doug Peterson does stuff like that, and you just question, like, yes, sometimes it's cool. Like, fourth and one, Carson Wentz quarterback sneaks are, like, 17 for 18 in his career. Like, you assume you're going to get that. You go for it. But Doug Peterson just does things thinking he's going to catch people off guard. Like, oh, they're not expecting this. Let's do this. But you can't do it all the time and then expect it to work. And it's just infuriating because at that point in the game, you're about to go into halftime. 
we were getting our asses whooped the whole first half. You were getting the ball you, too. We find yeah, we were getting the ball. We finally had just scored. We held them. Got or I think it was actually a Kirk turnover, right? We it get the ball, ball back. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It was a Kirk turnover. We get the ball back. You're driving. You get stopped. If you're gonna take the points and take the three points, if you say fuck it, we're down. Let's score. Put the ball in Carson Wentz's hands. I mean, you just paid him the same reason because you think you know what you have in him. You have your full. You have two tight ends in Goddard and Ertz. How hard is it to run uh, out on each side to one of them? Pull like uh, Alshon Jeffries across. I mean, you have so many options to get two yards and so many big guys on the field. You should be able to get two yards at any point in the game. That why are you putting the ball in your kicker's hands? Makes no sense. Makes absolutely it, no it's sense. so stupid. Sunday but, night. I was gonna say quick okay. question. Who do you think looks worse? I mean, this maybe is where you were going to the. Cowboys or the Chargers? The Char- uh, the Chargers this year, I don't I mean, I don't know, man. Because the first couple games, you, they kind of looked all right. And you were like, oh, it's a typical Chargers. They'll win their regular season games and then somehow sneak into the playoffs and lose, I just, right? I just feel bad for the Chargers because they don't have a home field. Like, th- that was literally Heinz Field last night they were playing that. Man, there were so please. many terrible towels there. They should have beat. But who should have beat them at a high school stadium? Like, who cares? Like, why does LA need have a football team, let alone two? There was a reason people moved away. Teams have moved away. They've never habitual. It's kind of like New York games sometimes, Nick. Right? Like the Knicks suck, and like, there's a lot of tourists that buy seats, right? Because people go for the experience. Someone, as an Eagles fan, I know a ton of Eagles fans that have gone out to LA when the Eagles play the Rams because, fuck it, I get to go out to California in the middle it. of the winter. You make a weekend of it. It's a good trip. They're always going to have that issue there. Shui, need I remind you, page 47, section A of the betting handbook, never <laughs> bet mm. on or against Philip Rivers. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. Man, let me tell you something. <laughs> the law, I want to get the rule book, and let me tell you something. They burned me. Philip burned me bad. <laughs> <laughs> They're trash. They're trash. Uh, anyway, let's we'll go through the rest of the league here real quick. Um, I did want to mention the Sunday night game next Sunday, Eagles-Cowboys. Amari Cooper might not play. Um, I hope he doesn't. Looking forward to that game, although it could be it could be the same night as Yankees-Astros game seven. So uh, I won't be watching if that's the case, but hopefully the Yankees wrap it up before then. But let's go around the rest of the league. I'm just going to go in chronological order down – as it is on ESPN here. Thursday night, Dan Jones played like a rookie, made mistakes against the best defense in the NFL in Foxborough. I mean, they, they went, they, they made it a tie game, 14-14. Uh, that, that touchdown before half, once the Patriots scored, I knew that that was the game there. But the Giants' next couple games, they play Arizona, Detroit, um, and then they play the Jets after they play the Cowboys. So those are their next four games. Let's see what the Giants can do here. Their defense has looked better these last few weeks. Hey, man, the Patriots got exposed a little bit. Just saying, because, I they, mean, they played a pretty cupcake schedule to, to start the season. And now they play the Jets this week again. Right. So, I mean, they're, they're getting a lot of uh, easy games in the beginning. So. Yeah, but they got the Jets with Sam Darnold this time, coming off a hot win against the Cowboys. On Monday Man, night, please. Foxborough, that's going to be a It's a little bit different. Eh, I still think it's a little bit different, especially they didn't look great Listen, in the, the first Patriots, half you guys. Like I said, the Patriots defense is amazing. Probably the best in the league, right up there, maybe the 49ers and the Saints, but in the Bears. But – their offense is missing something right now. You could say it's because Gronk's not there. Josh Gordon's hurt. Antonio Brown, they would have loved to have him still. They're missing something. They need to add somebody. Uh, or, I mean, they're going to really need rely on their defense to carry them through the postseason because this offense is not your typical Patriots offense. Man, next it's- man up. That's what their motto is. Like, I'm not trying to hear all that. They've played so good over the years with, like, people you've never heard of. So why not? That's right. I was just going to say it's funny. We're like, oh, they'll need to figure something out for the postseason. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's week six, and we're – first off, their division's so bad. I, you know what? Buffalo might take it to them. Well, no, I mean, the – they don't uh, get better – The Patriots are going to have a first-round bye. I'm not even talking about now. I'm talking about <laughs> going into the postseason. Do they have enough on offense to win? But we'll see. Uh, the game in London, Panthers, Bucks. Christian McCaffrey is playing at an MVP level, and Jameis Winston sucks. 
Yeah, this could <laughs> this could be the end for uh, Seamus Jameis Winston, man. Like it it could be over for him. How how good has Chris Godwin been? He's leading the NFL in receiving. I mean, he's been great. But um, yeah, the Panthers and and they're undefeated since Kyle Allen Allen started. Does Cam Newton get his job back this year? I'd say no. I think does Cam so. Newton end up in Tampa next year? Probably not, but I think if Cam no, comes is... back, he he definitely will get his job back. You can take Kyle Allen out if he hasn't lost a game. Yes, because Cam Newton at a hundred, if he's a hundred percent, he's better than Kyle Allen. Period. I mean, Kyle Allen's just doing his job, filling in, be managing the game, and letting Christian McCaffrey do everything else on offense. Whereas Cam Newton just gives you a whole nother dimension. When he's fully healthy, and I'm saying fully healthy. If he's not healthy, then don't bring him back. Here was probably my mo- one of my most intriguing games of the week. Seahawks-Browns. Russell Wilson right now is the MVP of the league this season. He has been amazing. Seahawks are 5-1. and one. It's not your conventional Seahawks team. The offense is the star of this team. Uh, and then on the other side, you have the Browns. They're now 2-4. and four. They're a mess. Five touchdowns, 11 interceptions for Baker Mayfield. All the hype, all the hoopla. This is what they are. Baker Mayfield looks suspect, right? It's not just me. Like, he just doesn't look great. I thought at the end of last year, he started coming on and he was going to have this huge year and he has a ton of weapons around him. Looks like Johnny Manziel. Yeah, they lost their starting tight end in Joku, who's good. But you have Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. You have a lot of good players around you. It's – I don't know what it is. Like, sometimes he throws a pass and, like, all right, that looked good. And then sometimes he just looks miserable with the ball. Like, he's never played football before. My most crazy – go ahead, Jim. No, I was just saying it was crazy when they compared him and Lamar Jackson – saying who was the better of the two, whereas Lamar has 11 touchdowns and Baker has 11 picks. Yep. And who's, so, the, who's I mean, the one who's... Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just it, it's just funny how the narrative changes all of a sudden when they start losing. But uh, I think their coach, like I watched that game yesterday. Freddie and Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens, I don't know what he's doing, man. He's a rookie coach. I think they needed a veteran coach. Especially uh, with all those with all those personalities. Personality, and exactly. The most surprising thing, and I'll, I'll give him credit, Odell Beckham's kept his mouth shut. We have you haven't heard it really anything out of him. There have been whispers and rumors that you know they might think to trade Odell. I don't think that'll happen. It's very early into his tenure there in in Cleveland, but they could use some offensive linemen. This team, like this team in the preseason, in in, in the preseason, everyone that predicted them to be great are people who are just talking heads and just they they buy into hype and big names and personalities and this is not a good football team. They're not a good football team. And and you saw this coming. Although I will say their division is winnable. So if they would just get it together, but they're they're just not a good they're they're a team with a bunch of great players, but they're not a good team. I just think they're they're poorly coached. They're un- That's really yep, what they're it undisciplined seems like. And they have a they have a Yeah quarterback who's just playing bad straight up bad right now and and that's it so right. uh Seahawks do look very good another game of two very good teams Chiefs and Texans both teams now four and two the Chiefs have lost two straight games is Mahomes hurt what do you think also of the Texans mm. I mean I, I see that's the thing I think the Chiefs are still the better uh, – I really – I don't know because the Chiefs' defense is just pretty bad. Like, they can't stop the run. They just uh, – it's just – I don't know, man. I just I, – but I think Deshaun Watson is a stud. Right now, he's trying to get into that MVP conversation. I mean, it's just – the only thing I'm worried about is I'm not really seeing uh, Hopkins get the ball as much as I'd like to see him as a, a fantasy owner. But uh, – they're playing pretty well relatively with what they have. So I I, I give them credit. The Chiefs just look a little funny on defense. It was shocking to see Patrick Mahomes turn the ball over. He's actually a human. Um, I think those were like his first turnovers of the year. Tyreek Hill was back and had two touchdowns. The Chiefs, I mean, their one weakness, it, their defense is not good. It just is not good. So that's going to be a problem. I'm looking forward, though, to eventually a couple weeks from now, hopefully Mahomes is healthy. Chiefs offense against Patriots defense. But I don't think that at this point it's as big of a lock as we thought 
for Chiefs and Patriots in the AFC Championship, but there's still a long way to go. Hopefully Mahomes stays healthy, but the Chiefs' defense is a big question mark for me. Um, the next game, the Toilet Bowl, the Redskins and the Dolphins. Someone, <laughs> someone had a win. I, I give the... I give the Dolphins Bro. credit for going for two because at this point, why not? Just go for two. It was a terrible play call. Chewy, talk about one of the few times this year you'll get to talk about a Redskins victory. Look, listen. That team is so bad. Like, defensively, we're bad. Offensively, we're bad. The only bright spot is, ter- is Scary Terry, our receiver, rookie receiver. He is the only – only bright spot on offense. That's the one thing you can say we got right. Because right now, I just I don't know. We barely beat the Dolphins for Christ's sakes. I mean, it's just it's so ugly. Like it just well, the Dolphins. To be honest with you, like I wanted the Dolphins to win. I said, said the Dolphins what? have lost like every game by twenty this year, and we beat them by one point. And it came down to the last play. Like that's that's how bad we are. So I mean, it's just. I, I really don't expect the, us to win. I don't think we can win maybe three or four games. Well, you played the Giants twice, so you have what a chance. We already beat. We already beat. And we them. lost we one beat. of them already. Yeah, you still yeah. have a better chance. Dwayne we, we Haskins beat them. has we to beat play them. at some we, point. We right? beat them uh, more than you beat them. We blew them out. You guys were okay. You guys were getting uh, your asses handed to you. And the crazy thing is, we don't have bad like players. It's just. Collectively, they're terrible. I mean, Josh Norman, <laughs> bro, he's horrible. Like, I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. Ever since he came to Washington, he's been fairly average. I have, I have, sometimes below I have two average. questions. My first question is: Is Josh Rosen done? Like, is is he just terrible? Like, is he going to get another shot to play? I mean, what yes. what do they have though? They just traded their left tackle. They have no – their best receiver is Devontae Parker. Yeah, but then Fitzpatrick came in and they actually scored some points. A but couple – I they mean, still hey, we're talking – Josh Rosen obviously needs time to develop. His ceiling is higher than Fitzpatrick's is. I mean, Fitzpatrick's been in this league for how long? I mean – Since we were in – Yeah, Denver. it's just – Josh Rosen, he's been put in shitty situation after shitty situation, for being honest. I mean, the Cardinals weren't very good last year. They're not very good this year, even with Kyler Murray. Josh Rosen though. goes from right. there to now to a brand new offense with a new scheme, and you trade away his best protection and no weapons. You get rid of Kenny Stills. They can't run the ball. They have no yeah, they can't game. run the ball and protect their quarterback. Like this guy is pretty much a rookie quarterback because he played last year in a shitty system on a shitty team. He's. I feel bad because most people, like, your first-round pick, if you're a quarterback, you're either on a shitty team in the early rounds and you know you have time, they're going to build around you, or you're a mid-round pick and you're a development project like Pat Mahomes, right? But this guy got picked and just thrown from <laughs> shitty situation right into another shitty situation. Yeah, he, 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 And coming out of college, he, he hasn't been given the so tools I mean, to succeed. Shuey, my second question is for you. What are the Redskins doing? You you put in Dwayne Haskins in unprepared in the second half of a football game a couple of weeks ago, and then you don't play him against the Dolphins. So what what is that? What is going on? Like what is it? Why did you put? Why would you put Haskins in? Clearly nobody knows what they're doing. Well, it really doesn't matter now because the guy that started all of this is gone. Then play Haskins. This is the first time the we've Dolphins. been able to speak. I you see that's my thing. I didn't get that either. I guess for me, it's either they feel like he's not ready or they're not preparing him to be ready. And it sounds like it's the latter of the two. And I really think that maybe the coaching this was Dan Snyder wanted to draft him because he's a local kid. He played at Ohio State through 50 touchdowns whereas the coaches really didn't want to take him and that's what it really seems like. And to be honest, we got rid of Jay Gruden, but it really doesn't matter if you still have the two clowns above him at the top of the head. I mean, you got Dan Snyder, who will never sell the team, which I've come to accept. But at the same time, you have Bruce Allen. As long as Bruce Allen is there, it really doesn't matter what happens. I mean, he is a terrible, terrible GM, one of the worst. He hasn't proven anything. I think under him, we've had, what, one winning season? Like, I don't – he's not a great – he's not a good GM at all. So, I mean, I'm just – I'm over it. I actually want this season to be over. It is. So, he can 
I mean, I mean, it is really like you said, it is. I mean, we barely beat the Dolphins, and I I wish the Dolphins would have beat us. So this can even look worse on the team. But I mean, I just I don't know. I don't know what to say. Keep moving through the rest of the league here. Saints improved to five and one. They beat the Jaguars thirteen to six. Steady Teddy. He just they they don't ask him to do too much. He just goes out there, manages the game. The Saints defense is great. Like it it's really good. It's very first time in a long time the Saints are actually more of a defensive team than an offensive team. I think Kamara's kind of banged up. I don't think he's a hundred percent right. Breeze will be back in a couple of weeks, but I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC. I'd say either them or the 49ers, um, but which is crazy to say. But I think the Saints are the best team in the NFC, and then once they get uh, Breeze back. But if their defense is actually this good, they're scary. All right, what do we get? Cincinnati-Baltimore next game. Uh, I, I thought Baltimore was going to win this a little bit better than they did. Uh, Cincinnati just a really bad team this year. Did they even have a win? Nope, they're own six. Lamar Jackson so actually, I, Lamar Jackson led the league in rushing this week with 152 yards. Uh, so that's absurd. Does he have a chance at breaking Mike Vick's record? I don't have it off the top of my head, but I don't see why not. I mean, I think he's teetering pretty close to being on pace for it, which is absurd because that season for Mike Vick was. I remember watching those games when he had the baby dreads coming out the back, the cornrows. Mike Vick, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 99 plus speed. Um, uh, San Fran at LA. Oh yeah, I, I so I think this was kind of the game everyone's kind of been waiting for. We kind of I've been holding our breath, seeing is San Francisco for real. To me, this game really showed that San Francisco is a legit team, especially hey, bro. on defense. Jared Goff is ass, man. Let's call it seventy-seven yards bro. passing. That's pathetic. Ass. That's pathetic. <laughs> um, Falcons, ass. Cardinals. Cardinals win. Falcons miss an extra point. How many more games until Dan Quinn is fired? He's not going anywhere. They love him there. I'm serious. He's, he's, he's not, not going, going anywhere. Nowhere. No. They love they love him for blowing a Super Bowl. I mean, for some reason, he, and that's another. I mean, how good is Matt Ryan really though? Because his receiving core is phenomenal. Calvin Ridley, Julio. Look, Julio, look Sanu. at his game yesterday. Thirty for thirty-six, three hundred fifty-six yards passing, four touchdowns, no interceptions. I mean, you can't play much better than that. No, but it's, yeah, that defense was, was real bad. Great. I mean, their defense sucks, and then they missed the extra point. I would have gone for two, just like the Dolphins did. Well, why not? We're one and four. We're not going. Like, let's make something happen. I, I, I trust Matt Ryan. Make a play. Let's, let's see. Next game. Uh, two. This is just the most boring game, and I, I know I say like, every Tennessee, game. Denver. We're gonna skip that game. They, there's <laughs> nothing to even talk about. There's not I a single say, player I, I on either team say one worth thing. talking about. I do want to say one thing. Uh, we said Jameis Winston would be heading to the bench soon. His Marcus counterpart <laughs> from the same draft, Marcus Mariota, he sucks. He's gone for the bench, too. That was my dog in college, too, Trap. man. It hurts. So, uh, that, yeah, that wraps up. That's everything. we t- uh, Steelers, they won. We kind of talked about that. Uh, big game there for James Conner. So, that's the NFL. Uh, guys, what do you think just into the season right now? We're about a third of the way through the season. What What's your – Who's the best team in football right now, and who's your surprise team right now? Uh, San, Fran- uh, San Francisco has San to be the Fran. surprise team, right? Yeah. yeah. And they, they're they bordering on maybe the best. I mean, undefeated, 6-0. They only played one really – you would say the Rams are a good team, but I still need them to play that one really tough opponent. Um, another – I think the best team still – it might be Houston, right? I mean, that kind of sounds absurd to say because I feel like Houston looks really good every year and then loses in the playoffs. They're like the Chargers. But offensively, they have a very good team. Defensively, they have a good team. I mean, they just held Kansas City to 24 points. I It seems I, like they, have, I, they finally me, have a running game, which is huge. Like, that's a big yeah. difference for them. I'm going to say the Saints. Just and, I, and I'm counting on when Drew Brees gets back that their offense is going to pick things back up. But I think with a healthy Drew Brees and their offense with this defense, I think the Saints are the best team in football right now. Until somebody beats the Patriots, I'm not going to say anybody's better than that. That's true. I mean, can't, yeah. can't argue with that. Um, so, yeah, that wraps up our trip around the league. Another surprise team they play tonight, Lions. Uh, if they can go out there in Lambeau Field and beat the Packers, that would really make a statement, and that would make that AFC, uh, NFC North wide open. So, look – 
I want points. I, I need low I scoring, points. man. I have some fantasy implications going on. I've already I've already wrapped up fantasy this week thanks to Stefan Diggs, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, so that's another episode here. What we'll do is our next episode will probably be next Monday. But um, if anything, you know, major happens, if the if the World Series matchup is locked up a little bit earlier, maybe we'll do an episode. I Matt, I know Matt, you are going actually to Dallas. Yes. For the Eagles Cowboys game, so that is awesome. I'm going to Jerry World. So you're going to be the Jer- in Jerry World, so that that will be a good time, I'm sure. Chewy, best of luck to the Nats. They gonna get it done. The Yankee- game's about to be yeah. Yankees, so The be- Yankees are gonna fight through it. We've we've worked all season for this. It's gonna be a great series, seven game series. I'm looking forward to it, guys. Any final thoughts before we sign off? Shout out to the Mystics. <laughs> I literally didn't know that was a team. What you, you that, group that group said, chat was Mystics. funny. I, I, I and I wasn't trying to be a wise ass. I genuinely didn't know there was a DC Mystics team. Come on, don't man. insult Della Don. Like the Liberty, yeah. the, the Liberty, are, aren't they good? They were in the semifinals last year, I think. Man, I don't <laughs> know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, that'll All wrap right. things up. <laughs> Nationals, Yankees on the verge of the World Series. We'll see what happens. Eagles, Cowboys coming up. A lot of big stuff happening. We will see you next week on Trilogy Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. Peace.